Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody. Give God a hand clap of praise. Give God a hand clap of praise. I'm always excited for the opportunity to be in Calvary Christian Fellowship Church. I don't think that you understand. Maybe you do. But there's some things that are happening in the realm of the spirit. There are some things that are happening right now. I guess it's time to release the children of children's church. Amen. Hallelujah. Get them empowered. Hallelujah. It's a powerful thing. When you see children in church, it speaks of future. It speaks of legacy. There's nothing more disappointing than a church that doesn't have a succession plan. God wants us to go further. Jesus had a succession plan. When he chose his 12 disciples, that was a succession plan. Hallelujah. Just remain standing for a quick moment. There's some things happening in the spirit realm. And I'm so glad that Calvary Christian Fellowship is part of that. I'm excited about what I've seen. Apostle Nazaro said it right. Brother Nate, man, you set the bar. I don't know where I'm going to go from here, man, because you were lighting it up. I thank God for you. I've seen the growth in this place, and it is marvelous in God's eyes. Don't look at numbers. Look at the effect. Did you catch that in the spirit? I said, don't look at numbers. Look at the effect. It says one can set a thousand to flight. Come on, somebody. Two can set. Come on. So it's not. A, listen, that means I can put a thousand. So you can't look at the numbers because a thousand don't have anything to measure up against me. But when I come together with my wife, we have the effectual ability to set an exponential anointing and set 10,000 enemies to flight. If you look at the numbers, you'll miss it. We're called to have this sight in the spirit. I thank God for Apostle Victor Nazario, Pastor Gwen Nazario, the visionary of this house. I thank God for the privilege of standing in the midst of of this great pulpit and this man of God. I thank God. I, I wanted to give a shout out to my brother Julio Maldonado. I had a chance to see with him. Hallelujah. Sat with him the other day. I was in the area and God said, come on, let's get on over there. And man, it was a challenge trying to find parking. I went there earlier one day, and it was fantastic. But, but this time, I was driving up and down. But how many know that when you consider and count the cost, you got to find out whether it's worth it? And if I had to travel a mile and a half, it was worth going to see my brother. And we had a great fellowship. And so, brother, I know you're, you're connected. I know Apostle Nazario's connected, but you told me to be connected. So I want to give you a personal shout out. And your roommate there, brother Robert, if you can hear me, I bless you too in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank God for digging this Lord is. Hallelujah. She's come through. Come on, somebody. 
Let me let you know a little secret. When you learn how to praise God for someone else's breakthrough, when you learn how to exalt God for what God has done in someone else's life, that woman has been standing, believing, and holding even in the face of adversity, and she's got her victory. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. She got her victory in the year of Jubilee. Someone say restoration. restoration. Oh, y'all, I see y'all too low for me. Someone say restoration. restoration. Let God hear you say restoration. restoration. I need y'all to catch the spirit right now. I didn't come here to play church. I didn't come here to give you my opinion. Because my opinion does not matter. What matters to your soul, what matters to your life, what matters to your circumstances is the word of God. And the word of God will not return unto him void or ineffectual. It will complete the assignment that God's called for it to do. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for what you're going to do in the midst of your people, Lord. I thank you for the privilege and the honor to stand before you right now, O oh God. I thank you for the under-shepherd of this house, Lord, your son, Apostle Victor Nazario. Hallelujah. And Pastor Gwen Nazario, I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you that you've allowed them to get away to be refreshed, even as Jesus got away to be refreshed. I think as he comes back, he's going to come back on fire and ready to set this place of flame, oh God. I thank you for the surrounding area that will begin to understand the jewel, hallelujah, the oasis in this desert and dry land, Calvary Christian Fellowship in this section of the world, this section of the Bronx, Father. I thank you. It's not by accident, but it's by your design and plan. I ask that you do a great thing in the midst of your people today, not because I am anything but it's because you are everything and so therefore i decrease that you may increase in and through me father even right now we continue to take authority over the atmosphere we take authority over every principality every power every rule of darkness of this world every wicked spirit in high places the rules of darkness come to bring ignorance i bind the spirit of ignorance right now and every area of darkness i define i, I defy it right now i say let the light of god break forth like the noonday cause every dark place in the lives of your people today to be dispersed with the revelation of god's word cause your people to become what you designed them to be in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah please take your seats Ooh, this place is fantastic this is phenomenal how many have seen me for the first time just raise your hand just just raise your hand if you see me for the Okay, I'm going to apologize right now. Okay, I'm sorry. Just, just use it whenever it's necessary. You know, in case of emergency break glass. So, so if I don't say it later, just say, that's just, he, he said he's sorry. I say that because I'm serious. I don't come here to play with your time. And those who know me know that's not my assignment. My assignment is to, listen, listen. I'm not called to be a motivational speaker. I'm called to be a life generator. 
okay? Not a motivator, but a generator. There is a difference. Amen. When you begin to release the word of God, it begins to generate some things that otherwise will be dead. And I want to give those that believe the end is near a word in the spirit. God is the God of the resurrection. Stop looking at death as if it's over. It is a transformation to the opportunity that you would not encounter without the death coming. You are sitting here because of the death of Jesus Christ. You have come in and out of seasons and seemingly it looks like it's not going to work in your favor. But you have to understand, excuse me, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says that all things work together for the good. That word good does not mean your good. That word good really translates for the usefulness. He needs for you to be useful. He's doing something so that you can be applicable to the kingdom. I thought that uh, many people sometimes misunderstand the assignment of the church. But Jesus didn't speak church before he spoke kingdom. Kingdom predates church. Kingdom predates man. Kingdom predates family. If you understand that, then you have to understand that when God gave us an invitation into the kingdom, the vehicle of the church is designed to enable us to equip ourselves effectually and function in the kingdom. But if we don't have the understanding and the mindset to understand that we're called to be kingdom-minded citizens in this lost and dying world and we just think we're going to church for an activity or a date on our calendar then we've missed the assignment God is the only one that's allowed to have an agenda each one of us must have an assignment because an agenda can be man-made and it gets us to a point where we are self-driven and self-purposely -pur going after things that we want. But when an assignment is given, you don't control the plan. So God is the only one who's eligible, eligible to have an assignment. We all must have, excuse me, God is the only one eligible to have an agenda. But out of his agenda... He gives you your assignment. And sometimes we misunderstand it because when, when we are not saved, we function like Brother Nate said. Man, he was all in my message. But the reason why he's all in my message is because he's connected with God. And I'm connected with God, so really it's not my message. It's God's message. Amen? Hallelujah. So I need to go somewhere. I need to go there quick because I know I have a finite amount of time. To make an infinite impact. I have a temporary assignment to do an eternal thing. I said I have a temporary moment in time to make an eternal impact in the realm. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, my wife was here at the Women's Fellowship. How many women were able to appreciate my wife being here? 
And she said something. I said, I got to steal that. But then I found out, you know, I forgot we're married. So whatever is hers is mine or whatever mine is hers. You know, we're dual citizens in the kingdom. We have our realm in the earth that we're living under. But then we're also kingdom citizens. Which means that we have the ability, the capacity, and oftentimes the assignment is predicated on us connecting the kingdom of God to the earth realm. God does not go outside of man to do what he will in the earth. He goes through man to do what he will in the earth. I need you to catch this in the spirit. I'm already moving. If you're not taking notes, take notes. God doesn't go around man to do what he will do in the earth. He goes through man to do what he will do in the earth. If he's not going to do it through man, he's not going to do it because he released man back in Genesis chapter 1 to do what he will do in the earth. He said, let them have dominion. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion. And just in case we get caught up on gender, he blessed male and female, blessed he them. And he called them to be what? To be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, subdue, and have dominion. God released the realm of the earth into our responsibility structure. And he moved out of the way and said, now do what I've put inside you to do. So the purpose of coming to church is to grab hold of your assignment so that you can execute it beyond the walls of the church. Did you catch that? If you don't know by now, I'm a teaching pastor. I'm going to move back and forth. Sometimes I'll shift into preaching. But I want you to understand this. Your soul is the most valuable possession that you have did you know that it's not your bank account it's not your car it's not even your spouse who's not a possession by the way the most important part of you is your soul because Christ came for your soul God gave his only begotten son for your soul. And we have to be careful how we manage that most valuable part. I want to talk from the subject today, if I may. Vision. Vision. And really the title is vision, a key ingredient In your journey with God. Vision. A key ingredient in your journey with God. How many people know that they're walking with God? Raise your hand if you know you're walking with God. Raise a high. I don't see any. Okay. So so you understand that you're co-laboring with God. God's planning your life and you're planning God's life. He's knits it together. Jeremiah 29, 11 says what? He says, I know the plans or the thoughts that I have towards you, the plans of good and not of evil to give you what? A hope and a future. A hope and a future because that's, that's one version, but I love the other version. He says to give you an expected end. Let me give you the definition of vision. Okay? So we can go somewhere with this. Vision. The, the American Oxford Dictionary defines vision as the ability to think or plan about the future with imagination or wisdom. 
the ability to think or plan about the future with imagination or wisdom. Why is that an important ingredient? Because Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 10 says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Whenever you see someone who's operating unruly, they are not functioning with a vision. They don't understand why they're here. And so anyone can sell them anything and they'll take it and run with it until something else captures their attention and they move on with that. And then something else captures their attention and they move on with that and something else captures. You notice the pattern? Christians cannot afford to be narcissistic. Christians cannot afford to be narcissistic. They they cannot afford to think that they're the most important thing. That's very dangerous. Because what happens is, what happens is you won't get out of the way of God when you think that you're the most important thing. I'm here. Pastor Nazario, the church is about to go up because I'm here. What was everyone else doing while you were here? They were praying you in. The reason why people cast off restraint is because there is no vision. And, and, And I believe in this season right now, the challenge that we have here is if we don't understand the season in which we are functioning and operating in, we will operate unrestrained. And we will do what we want, how we want. Again, back to agenda, when we want. And no one can tell us what they do because I'm in control of myself. I got no one who speaks over me, speaks into me, watches over me. I do what I want, how I want, when I want. And don't bother me. And that's not the plan of God. So watch this. Where there is no vision, that word vision also translates revelation of God. Okay? Where there is no vision or revelation of God, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. So, why is vision so important? In John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless you're born again, you cannot... You cannot see. Watch this. You cannot see what? The kingdom, not the church. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, why would Jesus Christ want to show you the kingdom of God? So you can have a vision of what's possible that you have yet to apprehend. Nicodemus was an old man. He was a chief Pharisee. He was over the Pharisees and he was watching over the the responsibility of the people of God and he had no vision.
And the challenge that we have today is that we adopt communication in the media of the world and refute the vision in the church. It's a challenge to give someone 40 minutes on a Sunday to impart something that will feed you for six to seven days and then you're going to feed on an appetite of television for 20 hours out of the week. It's a law of numbers? Oh, come on, somebody. That's law of numbers. Facebook and and. and television and newspapers and what they said on the job and and what they said at the grocery store and what they said at the laundry and what my family said and and what my spouse said. I can't wait for him to get saved because once he gets saved, well, act like you're saved and he might get saved. I'm sorry. For those who don't know, this is my house. I'm home. Okay. I've been released to release Because if I don't come against the chains, then you'll still walk out broke, wounded, and not. Listen, anytime you come into church, you should be transformed just a little bit more. So vision has an assignment with it. God operates with vision. In Genesis chapter 1, he said, let there be light. And then he stood back. And he saw that it was good. Vision is a strong prerequisite for building. The reason why apostle stepped away was to hear so that when he comes back as a visionary, he has a download from heaven And not from the people, but from heaven of what God's saying to do. And then he comes and he begins to release it and unfold it as God gives him instructions. What is he doing? He's releasing the vision of God. And your lives depend on it. Because as you come to a house of God, the pastor's responsibility is to watch over your soul. But it's your responsibility to work out your own salvation. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you doing about your own salvation? Oh, no, no. See, 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 all y'all did like this. No, no. I want you to look in their eyes because that's when it's challenging. What you doing about your own salvation? How many want to make pastor's job easy? I heard y'all clapping. Y'all love that man. How many want to make his job easier? Just raise your hand. Just wait. You want to make pastor's job easier? Then read. Write the vision down. Make it plain. And they that read it shall run. He gave you a glimpse of the vision. Elder Ross stood up here and said, 8 o'clock next Sunday. That's vision planning. 
The reason why you are experiencing breakthrough is because we are in the year of Jubilee. But we have yet to witness the Jubilee. The Jubilee is the seventh month and the tenth day on the Jewish calendar, which is Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. And we are in, coming into the seventh month. As a matter of fact, we're in it this coming week. April 6th will be the tenth day of the seventh month of Nisan. A week from this Thursday. That's when the trumpet begins to sound. That's when God begins to disrupt the things that the enemy wants to. He has to release what God's called him to release. But if you don't begin to operate with the vision, you can be on the outside looking in. Look at your neighbor and say, don't miss this. Do you know why? Because Jubilee only comes once every 50 years. So unless you plan on hanging around for another 50 years, don't miss this. Mark that on your calendar, April 6th. That is a Thursday. And be good Bereanians. Check out my, 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 my notes. Nisan is the seventh month in the Hebrew calendar. And that seventh month, and that's the tenth day. That's when the shofar, that's when the trumpet begins to sound. That's when it begins to pierce the heavens. And it goes past the first heaven and the second heaven to the third heaven. And God begins, I must respond because my word is going to function. When you operate with vision, your ability to properly assess yourself changes. Your ability to properly assess yourself changes. And by the way, might write the vision down, make it plain as in Habakkuk, if you're taking notes. Amen? Vision reveals a truth that otherwise you had no knowledge of. And causes your desire to change and align so that you can access the promise that is on the other side of the vision. Do I, should I say that again? Vision reveals a truth. Whenever you get revelation from God, that's, that's simply truth. It's not, oh, I'm not sure. When God speaks, it's truth. If God called a cat a dog, the dog would have to become a cat. Just so God would not lie. God speaks with truth. How many know God doesn't make a mistake? Raise your hand if you know God doesn't make a mistake. Now, 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 how many know that God made you? Raise your hand if you know God made you. Then you know what that means. You're not a mistake. Now, I didn't say you don't make mistakes. I said you're not a mistake. But the beautiful part about God's grace and his mercy is that he allows us to get ourselves corrected. It says a righteous man falls seven times and what he does, he, he, he gets back up and keeps on going. 
circumstances have a way that we can control and it begins to take us and, and run us all this way and that way. But when we are in God, those circumstances don't mean anything because we have vision, which acts like a roadmap to let us know where we're headed. Could I give you a practical example? If you're driving down to 70, 80 degree weather where Apostle Nazari is because you want to surprise him over the week, but you get a flat tire on the way, if you care about where the flat tire is and don't do a thing, that's lack of vision. But if you call AAA, you get the spare out, you fix the tire, you keep on going, that's someone who understands that they're headed somewhere. And they're headed some way for a purpose that is greater than themselves. So I might as well go ahead and give you this nugget. It's not how small your role is, it's how big God's plan is. I, I just got this little bit to do. Yeah, but look, the part of the plan that you're part of. God handpicked you to be part of the greatest ever plan. There is no greater plan than the plan of God. So, so, so watch this. Watch this. Paul had, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he speaks of having about six different visions. Paul, you know the murderer who God gave the privilege of writing two-thirds of the New Testament? You know, the one that went out killing men? And women and children of the church. God said, oh, I can use you. The people who he kills said, excuse me? He said, no, no, no. I can use someone with that type of zeal. And God gave Paul the privilege of experiencing heaven. Watch what it says here. I'm going to open it up because I can't find it in my notes. I got a finite amount of time to make an infinite impact. Second Corinthians chapter 12. That's why you bring the sword with you. You never know when you're going to be in a battle trying to find a word. You got all okay in here? Okay. Verse one, it says it is. Not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions, some say visions, and revelations, some say revelations, of the Lord. Now he starts to talk about it. He says in verse 2, he says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knows such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in body or out of body, I cannot tell. God knows how he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such an one will I glory. Yet of myself, I will not glory. When God shows you how awesome he is, he kind of puts things in perspective for our narcissistic nature, doesn't he? What, 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 what is, let me just take a poll. What, 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 what if God showed up personally to see you on Monday and just you? 
wants to see God? Raise your hand. I heard someone say, not right now. Watch this, watch this, watch this. If it's useful for you to see God right now so that you can do everything God's called for you to do or go to him undone and incomplete, is the right now the right now? Uh, She said, yes, it is. What I'm saying to you today is that, is that, is that, so, so raise your hand. How many want to see God? Just, just want to see God. Want to have an experience like Paul had. Don't keep your hands up. How many are preparing for it? Keep your hand. See, now they're going down. You prepare for it? Come on, somebody. He said, I'm preparing for it. He said, I don't know how, he didn't say it, but I might as well say it. I don't know how long I got to go to prepare, but I'll keep on preparing. When we begin to see God in his awesomeness. He said in the year that King Uzziah died. I was high and lifted up. And the train filled the temple. John was on the Isle of Patmos and God gave him the ability to write Revelation, an entire book. And he talked about the very point in time we're living in today. God showed John before he made you. Raise your hands again if you want to see God. Just raise your hands high, high, high like you're reaching for him. You got to go through something to become something. You got to go through something to become something. See, the other part of that message from Luke, Peter said to Jesus, We have left all, we've lost everything houses and family and kindred and. My whole life is upside down for following you. Raise your hands if you want to see God. Is your plan to have your life upside down to see him? Because it can't be about your plan. It must be about the plan of God. See, when we get saved, we have a way of bringing God everything we want him to do. But we have to learn that when we get saved, we go back to the whole whiteboard and we wipe it all down. And then we rub show me. I don't know anymore because I thought what I thought, but I can't think what I thought because what I thought ain't nothing compared to you. God, show me. And he might just, if we're lucky, just put a small dot. Say, God, what's that? He said, that's the period at the end. God declares the end from the beginning. 
vision says, I know the end, and I'm not concerned about the outcome. I'm not even concerned about going through because I know where I'm headed. Vision gives you a roadmap. Vision gives you the ability to say, though I'm in this place right now, this is not my destination. We need vision to walk with God. Someone say we need vision. Isaiah 46, 9, 11. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times through that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand and all and I will do. Someone say I will do. All my pleasure. That's God speaking. He'll do all that he wants. And we're part of the plan. Vision. Vision. Calling a bird of prey from the east. The man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. You know what vision does for me? Vision keeps me balanced in my faith. Vision keeps me balanced in my faith. Every time I become fearful and afraid, I am reminded of the vision, and I understand that fear does not come from the Lord. There is an agent of fear that is trying to terrorize, torment, and distract me off the course that God has designed and destined for me to go. Watch this. Satan does not bring fear into things he wants us to do. He brings fear into things God wants us to do. And God will never give you something that you're capable of doing by yourself. You must reach outside yourself to complete yourself. The Bible says that we, 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 are, we are fitly joined together. 6,000 years, this book was 6,000 years of, of, of history in this book, not even including where we are today. And, 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 and God just keeps on introducing people into the world to make his plan complete. He handpicked you to be alive at the day and time that you were born because he's setting up his plan and he's bringing you in under the plan. Paul had six visions. The first he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Jesus, the Lord, was so bright The text said that it was noonday, which means the sun was at its highest point, which didn't bother them. But when Jesus showed up, the light of Jesus was brighter than the brightest sun at noonday. Someone say it was good. Saul benefited from a vision. 
Then Saul is being given the responsibility to reach people behind different positions in prisons and and go into the different levels of political assignment. Pastor Michelle said this last time she was here at the women's event. She said, understand what sphere of influence you're called to walk in. Because you can be on assignment in the wrong assignment. You can be on assignment in the wrong assignment. If I, let, me, let me say it a different way. You can be in the assignment at the wrong venue. Because there are seven kingdoms or seven systems or seven cultures or seven mountains. And your authority of one mountain may be that authority in that mountain, like government. But you can't use that same authority in government that you might be able to do in the marketplace because someone else is anointed to operate in that anointing in the marketplace. But you need the marketplace so you partner with someone that's a kingdom citizen in the marketplace who's walking in their assignment to work with you and your assignment. And together, the kingdom of God begins to function. Then you bring the educational system in and someone functioning in the kingdom in the educational assignment is working with the one in the governmental assignment to working with the one in the marketplace and the kingdom of God is working fitly joined together. If you catch that, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. So, so then the question becomes, do you know what your assignment is? Number one. And number two, do you know in what authority you're supposed to be operating in? So it, it's a question that you need to ask. I'm not asking you to answer right now. But, but you need to ask yourself. Now, now, what's important about vision, this is one of the most key and vital parts of it. You never start with your own vision. God determines your character based on the vision you attach yourself to and how you become part of that vision to further that vision for the glory of God. So everyone here has an assignment and everyone here has a, a, a vision that's part of their life. But as you're in Calvary Christian Fellowship, you have to ascertain in the spirit, not just down on writing, and begin to pray for the vision of this house and the leaders of this house, because the more you do that, the more God will allow your vision to come into focus. Got to use you, Sister Celeste. Got to use you as a reference point. Woman part of our ministry. What God is doing in her life is, is based on her being aligned to us so that God can further her know so that she can see this vision through. Don't give thought to your vision. Give thought to the vision. Here's the difference. Oh, I got to do this until. I can't wait till Elder Ross steps down because I know I can do Apostle Nazario, boy, that man has, but, but I, I know he's going to see me. And once he sees me, it's, you know, it's the difference. 
you'll never get to your vision. God will never show you your vision. Because you have to be faithful in the things. Going back to the example that Brother Nate Medina shared, a certain rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, good master, and Jesus said, don't call anyone good but God. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, you have to understand the full context of the story. If you look at it, it's in, a, it's in three of the four Gospels, and in three of the four Gospels, what precedes that story is when Jesus began to bless the children and said, such is the kingdom of God. Now, this rich young ruler shows up, seeing all the children getting access to the kingdom of God, and he says, what must I do? He came with an agenda to get, not with an agenda to give. You know the difference? He saw the children get, so he came with an agenda to get, not, to, not with an agenda to give. And so part of the assignment is when you understand vision, when you understand relationship, when you understand what you're connected with, then you become to give because you're excited about what God will do. How many? 14, 15 years ago came to Calvary? 20 years ago came to Calvary. My wife and I, my family. We said, we're just coming to sit, whatever you want us to do. And as we, we, we tried to shrink down, not because we were running from assignment, but because we, 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 were, you know, we, we wanted to make sure we heard God. And Apostle Nazario saw something, and he recognized 20 years later, I'm standing here continuing to thrust this vision forward. Because that's kingdom. The church is about the kingdom. And if Calvary does what Calvary's called to do, I know the kingdom is much better off. I want Apostle Nazario to succeed because that's a reference point I can watch and learn and glean from. So I spend time listening. How do I know about digging this lotus? Because I spend time listening. Uh, you know, I, I want to follow. Why do I see uh, Brother Julio, be, uh, Minister Julio? Because that's a man of God. And it's, listen, listen. I believe in what God's doing in his life and through his life. And this does not define him. the spirit say brother Julio this doesn't define you it prepares you see that, that, that's what the agape love is I want to see people further I want to see further hallelujah Minister Medallia, sister in the spirit. I want to see further, further. Go after what God's going after you for.
But I can't do that without vision. We are in a season where without vision, I'd be crushed. I didn't pause for dramatic effect. I paused because it was real. But because I'm in God, I recognize the season is for the purpose of bringing others out from where we've gone through. Jesus tells us that we are to be like him. And he says the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me too. So then the spirit comes with an assignment to it. And when the spirit comes with an assignment to it. The assignment makes the vision clear. So why would the people cast off restraint? Another version of that says when, when, you know, without vision, the people perish. Because they don't understand that the circumstances are not the destination. And so they, they, they say, okay, I got to stop. I can't take anymore. I can't go any further. Amen. But when we get in God and we begin to see from that vantage point, of God, we begin to recognize that this is for my good. Does anyone get anything out of this today? So we're in the year of Jubilee. And if you study out of Leviticus chapter 25, verse 9, you understand what that represents. As a matter of fact, when Jesus came into his authority, coming out of the wilderness, and he said, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, that's a reference point to Jubilee. How many are going through something? I mean, really going through? Raise your hand. Look around. No, raise your hand. Raise your hand up. Now look around. Look around. Look around. Just look around. Other people going through. Now, now, out of those people going through, how many are saved? Raise your hand. How many have made Jesus Christ their Lord? Raise your hand. And you're going through. What and try how you scripted it, was it? How did you script it like this? Huh? Oh, he didn't read your manual, huh? You said, God, okay, I thank you. So here's what we're going to do now, right? That's, how about, that's what I did. How many, how many did that? Come on, let's be honest. How many, when we got saved, we figured, okay. Elmer J. Fudd, I own a mansion and a yacht. Huh? We got excited. Because, you know, we hear people say, oh, they're praising God. Oh, look at them. They're on fire for God. This is a glorious thing. How many saw that and said, my God? But, but guess what? God didn't bring you there for your stuff. God brought you there out of your stuff. Because what you had was probably challenging you to worship. 
Because it had you. So every so often, God will strip us down. Because he's the husbandman. And he will prune us. John chapter 15 says that if, if I can't use it, it gets cast into the fire. The good news, saints of God, those who are saved, that if you're going through, you are not alone. And, and understand this. It doesn't disqualify your walk with him. In fact, it prepares your walk with him. See, see let me tell you the difference. The reason why ooh, I got to say this. I know I'm out of time, Apostle. I know I'm out of time, Elder Ross, but I got to say this. Job. You ever think about the story of Job? And by the way, before we say it, everybody ain't going through a Job experience. Not enough money at the end of your month is not a Job experience. Flat tie on the highway and the rain at midnight is not a Job experience. Someone talking about you at work is not a Job experience. Okay? Uh, broke a heel on your shoe walking over the grade is not a It's not even devil lying on you. Your heel is broke and you walked over the gate. So listen, you broke your heel. Watch where you're going. The devil's a lie, yeah, but you broke your own heel. You know you're supposed to be up early enough. Don't fuss at the children because you got to blame. Fuss at yourself. Hurry up. We got to go. No, no. You should have got up early. I'm sorry. I'm telling on someone now. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize. Woo. Now I forgot where I was going. You're disrupting me. You're disrupting me. So, so Job, thank you. Not job, Job. You ever notice how God spoke to Satan about Job but didn't speak to Job about Satan? Some people are like, huh? In the first chapter of Job, we have a whole conversation going on about Job between Satan and God. But we don't see no discourse between God and Satan. I mean, God and Job. Seems to me, if God's on my side, he's going to tell me what's about to happen. I'm because God saw me. You are the visionary. You declared the end from the beginning. Oh, God, I thank you and praise you. And he didn't tell me anything about Satan. Y'all going to go back and read it now. How many going to go back and read that now? Y'all going to be searching. Come on, raise your hand. You're like, I got to go read that. He said they didn't say anything. I, got, I know he said something. He said, have you considered my servant Job? If I were Job, I would have been in love to God. That's okay. He don't need to consider me. You and I cool. And Satan says, you got this great hedge of protection around and about him. Which is a lie. God didn't have a great hedge of protection around Job. Job had a great hedge protection around himself because he prayed. You pray, and when you pray, your hedge grows. Your hedge grows. That's why it's not a wall. It's a hedge. When you pray, your prayer life determines how thick, how high, how wide your hedge is. And so, and so Job is doing everything right. He's God. He talks. He's like this is. He he's perfect and upright. 
I don't know about you, but I'll be getting some things wrong. He's perfect and upright. And God says, consider him. And so we know the story. Job gets attacked. But make matters worse. He gets all these attacks and loses everything. Now his skin is all broken out with boils and everything else. Loses his children, livestock, everyone but one servant keeps on running. I said, listen, FedEx, stop. You know, FedEx brings some bad news sometimes. Go next door. Why is that? Why is that UPS truck? No, no, no. Bad reports. Someone look at someone and say it's working out for your good. And what happens is, is simply put, because I know I'm out of time, simply put, what happens is Job basically goes and, 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 and he, he, he continues to trust God. But God never spoke to him. But he's trusting. Not hearing a word. He's trusting. Even his own wife said, listen, Job, I just curse God and die. Now, I'm going to give my version because I don't have any boils. And if you die, then I can marry again. I can probably get some things. I'm just giving my version. Is, is that all right, Tony? Tony Aponte? That's all right, brother? It's not in the script. Don't look for it. When you look, when you don't look at that version, she didn't say so that, okay? She just said, curse God and die. He's like, oh, no, the man's off because he's talked about Gucci bag and say, I don't see that in there. And so what happens is Job doesn't respond to her. So Minister Aponte, why didn't Job cave in when he didn't hear from God, even with his friends? Or we can put the so-called in front of the word friends. Show up and say, well, you must have surely sinned somehow. Brother, I knew you could have been that good. Sooner or later, he's going to catch you. He's going to show you how you've been... And all but one, the youngest of the bunch, came and tried to tell Job all that he did wrong. At the end of the story, Job basically is the one that redeems those other three friends because God says, you better ask Job to pray for you because if he prays for you, you're going to come out. But if he don't pray, you're in. Don't worry about the naysayers. You might have to bring them out. So, so why is it that Job didn't cave in? Because he had the vision. Vision allows us to go through and come out. Vision allows us to go through and come out. I'm going to leave you with this key. In Genesis chapter 3, if we don't think vision is what it's all about, I want you to know that what you see is greater than the word of God. Final point. What you see is greater than the word of God. God had spoken 
to Adam, Adam, in the garden, gave key instructions of what he was doing. And he gave one command. He said, in a day that you eat of this, you'll surely die. So the word of God had, you know, God's word is perpetual, never stops. So the word of God remained while God went to heaven. But it says here in Genesis chapter 3, now the serpent was more subtle than the beast, than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, ye have God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the tree of the fruit, the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Drop down here, verse 5. For God does know that in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened. Someone say vision. And you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Just a side note. The only one that can eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil and not be corrupted by it is God. Don't. Don't, don't eat of the tree. So look at verse 6. It says what? And when the woman what? When she what? When she had the vision that wasn't God's vision. It superseded God's word. So I leave you with this. It's a question. What are you looking at? Vision will determine your future and how you get to it and go through it to get to it. God bless you, Elder Ross. Should I pray? Can I pray? Oh, you got the key. I sense that there's an opportunity here for God to minister to some souls in this place. I'm not suggesting that I am the answer because I am not. But I know the answer. It is God. Just by a show of hands, how many never thought about vision this way before? Just raise your hand. So most of you thought about vision this way before? Oh, your hand like a crocodile hands, crocodile hands. How many were blessed by this word? Raise your hand. <laughs> Apostle Nazario and I did not speak. I, he knows, I know, I don't like to speak to anyone about anything in any house before I come to preach because I want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So simply put, I want you to understand, I didn't know you had some upcoming speakers and what you guys have in, this, in, in, in the midst. But I believe that this is the impetus. This is what's happening. God is preparing you for what he's about to bring you into and through. But understand this, the enemy wants you to give up. If you don't know by now, if the enemy could kill you, he'll have you dead right now. His assignment is to steal, kill, and destroy everything connected to you. He doesn't want you to live. He doesn't want you to believe. He doesn't want you to have faith. He doesn't want you to bring someone else out. He doesn't want you to be part of a body. He doesn't want you to do anything that's going to cause him to fall. And he'll use everything in his means to do it. 
Satan is a full-time adversary. He does not take time off. We cannot afford to. Now I want to speak about the visionary of this house. He has a great assignment as a visionary. He must be patient and he must prod. He must hear from God and at times he must listen to you. He must disregard his own and watch over the flock. Not because of something he wanted, but because of the vision that God gave him. Just like you, just like me, he's not working in an agenda. He's working on an assignment. And he has to give a report back to God of how he's managed the assignment he was given. Hebrews tells us that you can make his job easier by simply operating in a place of submission. Now, the word submission gets so twisted in society that we don't realize what it means. Submission is a compound word. It means coming under a mission. You're on a mission. And that mission is the plan of God. And God's plan is going to succeed whether you get a hold of it and be applied to it or not. Don't think that you can stop God's mission, but you can stop your part of God's mission. How many believe there's something great about themselves? Stand up. I've come to find out that greatness never starts off great. I asked myself a question in prayer a couple of weeks ago. I said, I said, what does greatness look like before it's great? What, what does greatness look like before it's actually great? It looks like you. It looks like me. It looks like the ones that want to go further and feel like they're inadequate and feel like they can't go any further sometimes and, and circumstances of life seem to kind of just bear us down and, and we try to figure things out. And it just doesn't seem to work. How many can identify with that? I don't know how God wants to do it. I'm going to hear from him. But I'm going to call you up to the front as a sign of surrender. Surrender to your agenda. Surrender to your plan. Surrender to your purpose. Surrender to what you thought was. And just, just step toward the, the whiteboard and, 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 trust, and, and trust that as God begins to put that dot at the middle, that he'll begin to script out everything else. And, and anyone want the plan of God, which is going to be great in your plan, just, just step forward.
My God, my God. And, and you know, you know, some of the hardest people to to that, that go through this is, is the musicians because they gotta continue to pray and play and while while everyone else gets prayed for, then everybody goes home and and, and they, they ain't got nothing. They just complain. I mean they don't complain, they just play every year and every week and every month. I know you called at eight o'clock. Guess who's gonna be here? I know it's hard. It wasn't what we scripted for ourselves. Our family structures don't seem to line up. Our relationships are acting all cross-sided. And we, 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 we just get tired sometimes. But I believe there is a living God that's looking down in this season. And if, if, if. If God is who I believe he is, this present moment doesn't define you and your past doesn't define you. It's your present moment of obedience to God. Every time God says to do a thing, you don't have to know how. Stop trying to rationalize the complexity of God's awesomeness. You can't figure out, God, if you had a billion years and everybody with you. IBM can't do it. The supercomputers can't do it. We can't do it. Just trust. You don't have to do blindly. Just, just trust. Faith, faith is the currency, the legal tender to operate with God. That's how you do your transactions. I know it's hard. We don't want to release some things because it, 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 it's, 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 it's concerning for us. What, 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 if I, what if I let it go? I'm, I'm relying upon it. It don't make sense. He's God. He knows what's best. And when you got saved, he just brought you into your end and he's walking through it step by step, moment by moment. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. It don't matter if he don't show back up. It don't matter what happens. God is going to turn you into what he's called you to be. And everything will be attracted to you that God has for you. How many know that God has said something to them deep down in their spirit that seems ridiculously crazy? Just raise your hand. Don't let it go. Lay hand, let, take your right hand and lay it on your belly. Say, God, I'm not going to let it go. Oh, I, I think we have to repent first. Father, forgive me for thinking for myself, for rationalizing my plan.
my way and asking you to come alongside and bless it. I want to know you in a greater way, in a deeper way. Show me you. Let everything that you've planted inside me begin to come alive. Forgive me for doing it my way. I want to do it your way. I hear in the spirit that some have to repent for talking against the vision of this house. If you notice you just, just, just thinking against, talking against, trying to do things your way. Let's just all do say, Father, forgive me for talking against the vision of this house. For words that were spoken in error. Spoken over the leadership. Spoken over the congregants. My brothers, my sisters, my family. Forgive me, God. I want you to understand something, saints. Whenever you begin to speak about something, you begin to give legal access to it in your own life. And, and, and so in order to, 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 uh, to release some things over your own life, you must learn how to renounce the things. Because if not, then you have a contractual agreement with Satan to function and operate in your life until you renounce that and sever that contract. I got a lawyer right here. She understands about contracts. You, you got to get things legal in your own life. to get. Listen, Nate says something. He says something powerful. He said, I know you got the 75 in control, but what about the 25 that's going to stop you from growing? There may be some things you have to go back and review and say, God, show me me. And I believe when you come back here next Sunday or Wednesday for prayer, Whatever events you got going on, you need to come back here resolute in your mind and in your heart of what you have made a decision and a declaration. As for me and my house, I don't care what someone else is going to do. I don't, listen, don't partner with people who speak negatively. Spend time lifting up the name of Jesus. Lifting up the body of Christ. And trust that God's going to do some things in your life. Father, I ask that you bless your people today. Bless them. Each one of them. I want to spend a moment now for those who don't know Christ. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, everything I spoke of is not available to you. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be correct. You do not have access to God without his son. And his son grants you access so that you can experience the things that God created you to experience because he has a plan for your life that doesn't get revealed until you come to him so he can show you the plan. He can show you the blueprint. He can show you what is designated for your life. 
If that's you, if you have not made Jesus Christ your personal Savior and Lord, I'm asking right now that you just stand up on your feet if you're sitting down. Or if you're up here and you haven't done it, just take a step forward. I want to pray for you right now. Hallelujah. There's one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That plan is about to be released in your life. And, and people might get upset because you're going to let them go. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what people say. You press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And he will help you to apprehend everything that God's called for you to apprehend. I know that's a mouthful, but very simply put, God is about to introduce you to yourself. You didn't know who you were before God. Woo! Everything and every, everything you've done, everyone, everyone you, you interacted with, everything that you've been in your past has nothing to do with the now. Everything is about to change. There is a new person about to walk out this church that did not exist. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Both hands, please. Where's my wife? Lift. Say, Father, I recognize that I cannot do what you call me to do. Be what you call me to be. And operate in everything in my life without you. I recognize that Jesus Christ was sent by you for the sin that I am in, that I was born in, that I've operated in, and the only way to come out is to accept your son, Jesus Christ, into my life. Hide him deep in my heart. Place him deep in my heart that I may be a new person in you. I recognize that he died on the cross for my sin. And on the third day he was resurrected. And because of that. That work on the cross. That work on the cross. I received that in my life. And I ask you God. To come into my life. Become my father. Become my father. Become my father. Teach me as a father teaches his daughter to walk out my life. Life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. My, 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 wife, my wife's about to minister to her. Hallelujah. Elder Ross, I'm going to hand it over to you because, you know, I can go at 4 or 5 o'clock, man, and, and I'll just keep on going. Did anyone get anything out of today? Can we give God a hand clap of praise?